Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. College football season is in full swing, but so is Major League Baseball's postseason. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals also for the NFL and, of course, college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. Plus, Bet Online is everything you need to stay up to speed on each league championship. Championship series all the way through to the World Series. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've got you covered all season long with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. State IPA is available now at beer distributors, grocery stores, Funk's tap rooms, plus select bars and restaurants. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get state IPA. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. It's Ohio State week, ladies and gentlemen. Number seven, Penn State is going on the road to face the number three Buckeyes this Saturday as a part of big noon kickoff on Fox. We cannot wait for this. This is a huge week for us here at State of State. Uh, Still to come here within this episode, Penn State recruiting coordinator and former legendary Penn State defensive back Alan Zemitis is our guest to help us get ready for Ohio State. And then uh, some breaking news here within the show. This Saturday for the live post game show exclusively on our YouTube channel. Unfortunately, I will be absent for all of you wrestling fans. I will be calling Bound for Glory live in Chicago. So you will be in the very good uh, hands of Justin King and Derek Williams for a live post game show right here on the YouTube channel. So now is the time to turn on notifications specifically for that episode. Subscribe, like us, comment, rate us for wherever you are listening. Uh, D wheels and J King together. That should be awesome to recap the entirety of the Ohio state game. The second that it gets done, Uh, we're going to get to Alan here in just a moment, but Justin, I want to spend a little bit of time with you kind of looking at this game and the matchups that are really going to decide things for Penn state. One thing looking at this for Ohio state in particular, a bevy of injuries, but the reports coming out of Columbus and Ryan Day are that the likes of Emeka Egbuka, uh, Denzel Burke, plus running backs Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, and even Chip Trainum should be 
should be good to go for this game this weekend. Again, uh, these are things that are kept close to the vest, but those are some really big names for Ohio State to get back. A lot of people are looking at this as Ohio State skill position players against lockdown U, against Penn State's defense, uh, especially Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, who is perpetually seemingly a Heisman Trophy candidate. When you look at this game, what is going to be the tipping point for Penn State this Saturday? I think it's a given that we lean on lockdown U versus the receiving core of the Ohio State Buckeyes. But I'm going to take it back to the fundamentals of football of stopping the run and taking care of the line of scrimmage on the offensive side and running the football effectively. So I think that's where it's going to really come down to on Saturday is affecting those trenches on defense, making sure that they force Ohio State to take the ball to the air. Because I think that is that plays the Penn State's um advantage but on the offensive side not necessarily attacking them through the air which we probably will do but uh, controlling the run game and really beating up ohio state from a physical standpoint first and then when it starts to seep into the skill positions really dominating the game from there on out so like that's what i would like to see moving forward just from that fundamental standpoint of just thinking of like that great good program to elite and it all starts up front so wanting to see them establish that dominance up front from a physicality standpoint with the anticipation knowing that it's going to come to the playmakers on the outside offensive and defensive side of the ball and making on lockdown you to like lock it up <laughs> you grabbed some of the words there from james franklin from 2018 it was a heartbreaking home loss to dwayne haskins late great dwayne haskins and the ohio state buckeyes and had that a famous post-game speech of we've been a good football program, we can be a great football program, but we're not an elite football program. This is a game that if you beat Ohio State of the two major tests you're going to face in the regular season, that is a huge check in the win column if you can knock off Ohio State. And a lot of the national pundits believe that this is a good matchup for Penn State overall. You have a disparity when it comes to size. However, and I do want to ask Alan Zemitis about that a little bit later on, is that you know Marvin Harrison Jr., about 6'4", 200 pounds. Kate Stover is a monster, highly productive, somebody that James Franklin was lauding on Tuesday in his press conference. If you get a, a Mecca Ibuka, even you know close to 100%, hell of a threat. Uh, Julian Fleming, uh, Xavier Johnson got a lot of playing time against Purdue as well. Uh, what do you think about this? Ohio State wide receiver core, and how do you limit what quarterback Kyle McCord can do with them? I mean, it's a talented group, and they've had production historically since being under the tutelage of Brian Hartline. I mean, just from the recruiting standpoint, bringing those guys in, you know, we recruited Julian Fleming, recruited some of those, even like a Marvin Harrison. But even with their size, I think it comes down to obviously having a clean pocket for those guys that have an opportunity to get open. But on the other side, I feel like Penn State has done that equally – good job of recruiting high-level talent to be able to match up with those receivers. I don't think we're in a deficient area from the defensive secondary of having small defensive backs, right? We might have a dynamic player like a Daquan Hardy that might be a little undersized, but Kalen King's a top 15 draft pick at perfect size of 5'11", 190. You got Johnny Dixon, that's six foot 195. So these are like, these are solid size corners, have incredible movement skills, elite competitors. And I mean, we talk about lockdown use, the fact that of the depth that they have from the safeties, um, KJ Winston, Keen Ellis, and all these different guys that can work in and cover and have position flexibility across the board. So with that being said, like, I don't think the, the size, um, 
really leans too much to Ohio State because it's a movement game at the end of the day. When we get down to high-level football, it's a movement skills game. Obviously, if you build if if you build an organization like a Michigan does, where it's a physicality based operation, you can have some mismatches, so forth and so on. But it comes down to movement, and I think we have athletes and length on offense and defense to play with Ohio State, especially on the perimeters on defense and offense. Flipping things, Penn State's offense obviously begins and ends with how quarterback Drew Aller it fares this Saturday. This is a homecoming of sorts, as obviously from Ohio. So getting to play in a stadium, in an environment, and against a team that everybody in his state has you know, admired since he was a kid, and he wound up making his way to Penn State, and this has been the right home for him. I've been talking about it the entirety of the season that it seems like this race to October 21st between Drew Aller and Kyle McCord, who's progressed further as a quarterback. And it's it's a really tough race to gauge at this point. If you'd asked me this maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and we talked to Todd Blackledge, I've been like, man, I, I feel a lot better about Drew Aller. But some of the experiences that Kyle McCord has had, uh, it seems that he's settling in to quarterbacks that, you know, to the point that James Franklin made yesterday are being brought along slowly by their respective programs. And you see that incremental growth. I don't think they're the same, but I, I do give Aller a slight edge. Uh, looking at this matchup, how do you think Drew Aller should handle this type of environment considering he is only entering his seventh start and he's a true sophomore? I think the way he's been approaching games throughout this season is the way he should continue to approach this game on Saturday, taking care of the football taking the passes that the defense gives to you. And when you see opportunities or one-on-one matchups, let the, let the, let the thing hang out there at the end of the day. I mean, now it comes down to these big moment games where you can show a little bit, play within your game. And when you have your shots, take them. I think that's like, that would be the mentality of going into this game and not letting the hoopla big noon and just being away make you tight to where it's you're seeing goes to an extent of always checking down or always um, looking for the easier throw, but like pressing to an extent of applying pressure to Ohio state and making it tough for them. I mean, playing in a way you got to knock out the champion when they're home place like Ohio state is one of those teams where I don't think you want to just play them close and just be very safe. You have to go for the juggler. And I hope, Drew takes that step in his game where it's taking care of the football, but also it's making those calculated risks and chunk and shot plays um, and apply that pressure against Ohio State. Love we'll to see that. I would love to see it. Uh, we'll see what the health of Denzel Burke is like, defensive back. That's somebody that uh, came out of the game against Purdue this past weekend and is their top corner. Uh, Ransom, the safety, is outstanding. Eichenberg, the linebacker, James Franklin, was throwing roses his way this past Tuesday. And then everybody that's a Penn State fan remembers what JT Tui Malowau did last year and just tormenting the Penn State offense, Sean Clifford especially. How does Penn State prevent against that? If you were calling the offense, what would you do to negate a guy like Tui Malowau, Eichenberg, and the pass rush altogether that Ohio State brings? Run at them. I think that's what you do against dominant players when the front seven, you run at them. A lot of guys are athletic and move side to side. I mean, even when we think about JT, he had a couple plays on sacks, but he made a lot of plays on screens, moving out, doing all those different things, just trying to finesse and dealing with athletes in space. I remember Eichenberg coming out of, um, what was it? It was a Cleveland school, but I remember him as a recruit and he was a 
playing with a, a linebacker with his, his hair on fire. He was one of those type of guys. So with that, you put a body on them and run at them and see if they can continue to take the pounding throughout the game. So with that, I mean, where that's Catron and Catron and uh, Nick Singleton and getting Trey Potts mixed in there and just throwing a dynamic running attack at them, misdirections, running at them from that standpoint. And again, at the edges, <laughs> straight downhill. I think that's the only way that you negate um, dominant interior defensive players. Eichenberg from St. Ignatius in Cleveland. St. Ignatius, there we go. Record there, just look that up. Uh, all together for Penn State going into this game, as I mentioned, the two big games are Ohio State and Michigan. Everybody is looking at this matchup as probably the more favorable matchup for Penn State in terms of being able to win one or both of these games this year and potentially get to a Big Ten title game, potentially get to the college football playoff. Penn State has done a phenomenal job of ball security. I know a lot of people are going to point towards the first offensive turnover that went down in the first quarter <laughs> against UMass of the season, by the way, six games in. And the first turnover didn't occur until the Northwestern game, the opening kickoff on a fumbled uh, kickoff return. So, you know, Penn State's done a phenomenal job in being in the heavy in the plus side when it comes to turnover margin. Is there one particular battle that James Frank likes to talk about it, those battles within the game that Penn State must win to beat Ohio State this weekend? Oof, the battles that they must win. Uh, I mean, we think about playing away. I think you have to win the special teams battle. I think that's something that we like forget about a lot of times. We know about the offense and receivers playing the defense and the offense and defense stopping the run, all those fundamental things. But I think it's going to come down to the – making plays on special teams. We saw the type of boost that it had last week with Daquan making those two punt returns, flipping the field and having field position, whether it's from the punting, whether it's making smart decisions on fielding the punts, making sure we're not uh, fair catching anything too close to the goal line. That whole special teams operation, all three phases, four phases, I'm sorry about that, that are operating at a high level. And I think those are the things that we want to look for to tilt, especially getting a win away in somewhere like Columbus and and I love to say it all the time, but forcing turnovers and still in possessions is the keys to victory for me. I believe Penn State has 15 players who have registered at least one sack this year. The defense has been absolutely spectacular. The turnovers have come in bunches. And it's something you and I talked about in the recap episode uh, after UMass is that, yes, there's a lot of turnovers being created by this defense, and this is going to be a jump. Uh, in competition against Ohio State this weekend. But there's something that just tells me there's going to be opportunities for Penn State to get pressure on a young quarterback in Kyle McCord. And yes, we'll have the home field advantage, but you you know this having played at Ohio State. it's a It can be a difficult environment, but that's a fan base that if you take them out of the equation early, they don't come back that easily. It takes, it takes some prodding. You know what I mean? Like they can get quiet and get a little bummed out if you turn the tide in the right direction i don't know man i lived through that thing in 2017 when saquon took the opening kickoff back they that was quiet nasty. Yeah, and that was they nasty. came back we were up whatever we were up going into the fourth and then i see them transform into a different team so like i'm i'm holding my breath until we get there but like and right. like back to the special but even in that game the special teams we started off with saquon um spotting us some points, making a turnover. And I mean, obviously I forgot, I mean, I said four phases, but not let's, let's not forget the kickers making our field goals and 
defending field goals, but just getting those three points when we need those three points. But I was more so talking about the field position and being able to have returns and making plays on those sides of the ball. But field goals are definitely important. 100%. Uh, just again, a reminder, this Saturday, the live post game show here on YouTube is going to be Justin King and Derek Williams. So you want to turn on notifications for that and subscribe right now. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Alan Zemitis will be joining us here on State of State. Penn State fans, Smack Apparel has the best gear for talking smack on game day. Head to smackapparel.com today and check out their Let There Be White tee. Also, there's Drink Up, Roar On, Saturdays We Are, and you can still get a Save a Couch Beat WVU shirt. If you're watching this on YouTube, scan the QR code on the screen to take you to the website instantly on your phone. Visit smackapparel.com and use our promo code STATE10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's S-T-A-T-E-1-0. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code STATE10 at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels, pomades, and now body washes. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code STATE20. That's S-T-A-T-E-2-0 at checkout for 20% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Joining us this week on State of State ahead of the Ohio State game, he is currently a recruiting coordinator for Penn State football, but you probably better remember him as a legendary defensive back for Penn State between 2002 and 2005, in my opinion, one of the greatest Penn State defenders. Alan Zemitis is joining us. Alan, we were trying to fit in all of your accolades into your lower third on the screen here on YouTube, but it really, uh, there wasn't enough space. So we appreciate you hopping on here. Uh, first of all, how are things going for you in this role as a part of the staff at Penn State, and especially of all weeks we were talking about before we started recording? It's O-State week. Yeah, it's, um, I mean... It's, it's going really good in terms of, like, recruiting right now. I mean, we just uh, ended up getting uh, one our number one, um, you know, edge rusher in this class, uh, which we're very, very excited about. Um, just the whole D-line class in general, just very, very pleased with. Um, you know, it starts up front, and we feel like, you know, when I look back at, you know, some of the D-line classes – uh, I think this one we'll see, you know, time will tell, but this one has the potential to be one of the, the truly special ones in Penn State history, I believe. Um, and then, you know, it's O State week. I mean, I, I it, it's a different I know for me, I don't even have to look at the schedule. It hits you at a certain time of year. You just, you know, it, I feel different. I think this we might be playing Ohio State this week. You feel what I'm saying? And just from a Big Ten perspective. Um, it's just a different animal. Um, you know, I, it, it kind of, you know, going through the Big Ten, you, 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 you know each team very well, but there's a couple of teams that stand out from a fundamental standpoint, uh, an intensity standpoint. And then, you know, for players, um, you know, that's a money game. You know what I'm saying? Any play that you make in that game uh, can potentially, you know, put money in your pocket and change your life. Um, and, and your family's life. So and there's a lot there's a lot that goes into the game. Um, 
but it's it's an ordinary game. People would like to say, but those that play that's played in this game uh, know that it, 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 this is truly one of the more special, respected games that you get to play here at Penn State. Alan, there's a lot of outside noise, obviously, coming into this game, and it's because it's number seven at number three, Penn State at Ohio State in the shoe. I mean, there's just so many aspects to it. Big noon kickoff, Fox is behind this, two undefeated teams, and especially for Penn State, the conversation yearly now for the longest time has been about two teams on the schedule, Ohio State and Michigan. So this is the first major test, I'm sure, internally for you guys. Every game is a test, but still, this is a major test to see if Penn State is capable of getting to a Big Ten title game or even a college football playoff, which I know a lot of fans are thinking about. Uh, Personally, how are you feeling going into the game this weekend? I imagine confidence is strong within the building. Well, um, as my uh, colleague DJ Bryant would say, uh, one of our kennel members here in the recruiting department, he would say, we ain't taking the rat poisoning. Every time I, I open up my phone and, and, and look at my Google feed, they are saying, oh, Penn State, this, Penn State, that. We're not taking, I'm not reading into those headlines. It, 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 it's going to be played between those lines, and that's where it stands. Um, how I feel, well, it, this is a way different feeling that I've had um, in years. One, because I've been here for three recruiting cycles. Um, I know that, you know, when you're not, when I wasn't working for Penn State, I felt like I know the team, but from a surface level, I really, really know the team. Um, and then a lot of these guys that are starring in this game are guys that, you know, myself and, and the rest of the kennel members here in the recruiting department, personnel department, we've helped bring in. So, um, you know, so when you ask me, how do I feel? Well, the reason why we call the kennel the kennel is because, uh, you know, Kenny and I, you know, sat down. Uh, you know, our first month and said, you know, we want to get dogs in here. And I can assure you the guys that are going to be, you know, traveling out to Ohio State, that's the the type of temperament they have. Um, In the football world, when you say dog, you know, you're talking about real players, Um, guys that feel passionate about the game, um, got a burning desire to play the game, um, and then prepare like they are pros um, already. So, um, So how do I feel? I feel great about our guys getting a chance to play against O-State in this type of environment. And and let me tell you something. When you play any team at home, it's almost like, oh, if we won the game, they say, oh, okay, it's at home. I guess you're supposed to win that game. That was a hell of an environment. But the way that we're wired – um, in terms of Penn State and being a blue collar uh, uh, team and, you know, just Penn Staters in general, we like to roll up our sleeves and we like to battle adversity. We love when our back is against the wall. So why don't we go away and battle Old State? I like that storyline a lot better. And, um, and, 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 I, and I believe if we come out the way I, I believe that we're going to come out in this, in this matchup, um, it's going to mean more. Most of the defensive backs for Penn State currently – Uh, There is a size disadvantage, not only against Marvin Harrison Jr., but you look at Emeka Ibuga, Julian Fleming, Kate Stover, there's that disadvantage. So you inevitably have faced guys bigger than you, probably not too many times, but still, what has been the thought process in your career when you were playing? How do you bring those bigger guys down to size, so to speak? Well, um, you know, for me, you know, 
when you talk about a bigger receiver, you're talking about, uh, you know, bigger surface area, you know what I'm saying? So when you're talking about playing, you know, different techniques like press man and stuff like that, you feel good about that. But, you know, yet generally, um, you know, taller guys are not going to be as shifty. Um, that's where, you know, when you talk about Marvin Harrison, he's, you know, that, you know, different breed in terms of he's a, he's a taller guy, but he can move like a smaller guy. Um, but in terms of our defensive backfield, you know, the one thing I have a lot of pride in, in our defensive backfield is, uh, you know, we're very, very technically sound. Um, we have our, all of our guys have great feet. Like if you, if you come out and you watch, uh, in the individual work or just pregame warmup, a lot of our guys, it, it, it almost looks like, you know, they, they move in unison. They have the same type of footwork. Um, and that's due to, you know, the coaching that they received from um, Coach Terry Smith. I mean, uh, that's a very unique um, deal that our, co- our, our corners have um, because he gives a wide receiver perspective, but yet, he understands how to develop corners. I mean, shoot, you, you know, he's developed Justin King into the number one cornerback coming out of high school. Um, there's, there's a, there's a lot of value when you, when you're talking to a cornerback on this is what a wide receiver is trying to do. So there's a, there's a big advantage. I, I think, you know, just in our development piece um, as a cornerback here at Penn state, um, but it's it's all about your feet. You know, we we do we pride ourselves in playing press man. And when you're talking about playing press man, you know, young, you know, guys that are novice in playing press man, they think it's a physical matchup where you're trying to wrestle guys to the ground, like you see in them YouTube videos. Really, it's about positioning, it's about your footwork. So you know, when you when you when I think about playing press man, you talk about jamming with your feet. And, you know, people are like, well, you know, what, what do you mean by that? Well, it's positioning. It's your feet. You get great jams because your feet are right. And they don't have to be, I'm going to knock you out. It's you preventing them from going where they want to go, staring them, knowing where your help is. And with our pass rush, you know, you know, you hope that you're not covering for so long. And that's kind of been, you know, a secret sauce of ours, um, defensively you know in throughout the, the last couple of years you see that and our guys you know really play well within that technique and off of each other and i think we have a really really you know great understanding in year two under manny diaz with our defense i think you see it you know you see already we've already posted two donuts i don't care who we're playing it's about execution and feeling confident about executing whatever huddle call is played and 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 those around you working around you we got that chemistry so um you know yes it it, it it's going to be a very interesting matchup that you know pay-per-view matchup between the defensive backs and the wide receivers which i love um but it's a lot more that goes into it i believe you know all those components i talked about is going to you know really you know come to the forefront here come saturday alan during your playing days 02 through 04, unfortunately, losses to Ohio State. And then when Justin arrives in 2005, it's the breakthrough, able to defeat Penn State by a score of 17 to 10, if I'm not mistaken, at home uh, in Beaver Stadium. Uh, Justin, I'll turn to you on this one. What are your memories of that game? Because that was a huge turning point for the program as a whole. 
I mean, for me, exactly. I mean, it was like our first. I wouldn't say our first big game, but there was a couple moments in that season, that 05 season, where we had some things that happened where we were like, hey, I think we have the makings of doing something special. It was like that fourth quarter drive against Northwestern. And then when we played Minnesota, that year, Minnesota had the two running backs, uh, Marion, the Bar- uh, Barbarian. Yep, rest in peace. And then um, who else was the other Lawrence one? Lawrence, Lawrence Maroney. Lawrence, Lawrence Maroney. So that was like the big deal of them coming into the game. So that was like a hyped up game where they were ranked number 16. I remember us dominating them to the point where us going into Ohio state, I actually felt, I mean, I think the freshmen didn't feel the magnitude of the game because we were like, man, these dudes are balling, right? We just see Mike Rob kind of hurt somebody. We see AZ's making plays. Like I'm like, they're dominating. Like, yeah, we got Ohio state, but to them, the intensity level was up here. Like they all were, seeing red they weren't joking throughout the week and all that good stuff and it was like the first time we had the student section whiteout so i mean i just remember being like super emotional and coming out and wanting to like make plays for those guys because like that whole season they had a different they went through different things to get to that point than we did as freshmen coming in like they went through some of the harder years that we didn't have to endure so like the effort and equity that they had into the program was just a little different. And if anybody understood was in that 05 locker room, you weren't getting in that senior group's way. AZ, Mike Rob, Blue, and Tom Bahali. Uh, Puzz was a younger guy younger guy back then, but they were on a mission. So we felt good as younger upperclassmen. Like, yeah, we got our boys. We're going into this. <laughs> Alan, what are your memories of that week, the prep, the game itself? I mean, the first thing that I would say is we had such a huge conviction going into that season like think about it like you got a quarterback that never really started at penn state like really getting the reins as the quarterback passing the torch so to speak he this is the first time he's gotten it and then you're talking about freshman wide receivers (laughs) think about that like why the hell did we think that we was going to conquer the world with guys that never played a college football game before a quarterback that just got the reins and yet we did have a a really good defense, but uh, you would think we were just delusional, but to be honest with you, um, that's, that was the bond, the conviction we had going into the season. And uh, like, like, you know, JK said, which I think JK is, is arguably, and, and, and anybody can argue me on this one that he is, and I would win that argument, um, that he's the best two way player that Penn State has ever had. I mean, he was making plays offensively, beating all Big Ten cornerbacks like a drum as a true freshman, and then coming in and uh, starting in our nickel package and locking guys down. And in that play, he had a big breakup in against Ohio State. And that game was – that was the biggest game at that point in, of the season. Um, and, I, you know, I was so pumped up for that game. There was so much trash talk. And I'm sure, you know, with social the rise of social media, that it's probably a lot of talking that I don't, I'm not even aware of, of. But we were going against two big-time wide receivers in Ted Ginn and Santonio Holmes. And, and then the, the future Heisman Trophy winner, Troy Smith. And you're talking about a defense that had A.J. Hawk, Bobby Carpenter. You're talking about, uh, I believe, Nate Sally was uh, a, a, a safety. You get uh, freshman, freshman uh, Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, 
you talk about a heavyweight bout. And let me tell you, the way that I was feeling during that game, first of all, I'm going to I'm going to tell this story. OK, I was dressed in all black. OK, <laughs> I had a black towel. I usually put tape on my helmet. On my candy cane, my helmet. I had black on that, but I had a long black towel. Everything was black. And they were like, oh, that's a NCAA whatever violation. You can't wear a black towel. That kind of, you know, it, it kind of like threw me off a little bit. But when I got out in that field and I seen that that whiteout, okay, and we stretch right where the, the student section is. Tom, I didn't stretch. I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. I didn't stretch. I was I was pacing back and forth. Let me tell you something. Like when I'm playing the game, I will never sit on the bench. I never, I just keep, I pace the sideline. I want, you know, I, I don't want to relax from that point on. That's all the object, objective was, was to win that game. I remember screaming at the, getting the student section hype. This is during stretch. Now, if anybody knew who our strength and conditioning coach was JT Thomas and, and uh, Jeremy, uh, you would never want to uh, go against the grain with those guys. Let me just tell you that. Okay, that's <laughs> not something you're supposed to be doing. All right, so I didn't stretch, and they let me. They they allowed me to get away with it because I'm a senior. This was our moment, and that's how I felt in that moment. They were not going to deny me, and I took that not deny me, but deny us. And I took that um, feeling with me in life, meaning I put in the work. In my heart, I had a conviction that, and, and I had my brothers, you know what I'm saying? JK was one of those guys as a freshman. And if we all band together and we got one belief, why not? Because O State was O State. Why not? And it was time for us to, you know, to show up and play. So a lot of memories, Kelvin, Kelvin Lowry, which, you know, he's on staff now, had a huge uh, interception. I mean, it was just a lot, a lot of good times. Great competition, which I still relish to this day about the old, the old state games. But um, just a lot of emotion that went in that game. And then the one thing that I'll close with with that, with, with the answer to your question is, um, and, and people read me the wrong way when I say that, when I say this, but I'm going to say it on, on your show here is, you know, when it's a big game, when you, you taste the mace in the air. Okay? So when we exactly that, game, when that game, people were trying to jump out onto the field and I'm walking. I ain't never been around mace like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm walking around like, oh, what the? Then, you know what I'm saying? Because they were spraying uh, students back from running on, out on the field. I was like, I always remember that. I was like, you know that's a bad game because people are trying to run out on that field. But it was uh, it, definitely a moment and a game that I've never forgotten. No, that was hectic. And when you talk about that Ohio State game, it, it's interesting because you say the three freshmen coming into the game and even Jordan and, all, and Dion, all of us. And, and it was, we made impacts early into the game, like that first quarter. Derek right. had the touchdown, outran A.J. Hawk. Uh, I had a play, uh, 
I think Jordan got hit by AJ. Hawk, I mean, somebody, AJ Hawk or Bobby Carpenter, somebody, but we were like heavily involved into the game. And so let's jump a little bit and tie that into the town acquisition that you were speaking to of like finding dogs. So when you're looking at like position critical factors, you said like you got to look for guys that you guys play a lot of men. So to be able to move your feet and catch guys, I mean, it's, remember, Reminds me of a time in the NFL, Al Harris always talked about you catch someone at the press at like four yards. So when you look in and evaluate from an athletic standpoint, you guys know what you're looking for. Can you dive into a little bit more what that actual definition of a dog is when it relates to a Penn State football player? Because a dog at Penn State might be different than a dog at, I don't know. I mean, I can't say Colorado, but like USC, Bama or, Bama or somebody else. Like, how does that match at Penn State? Like when you guys are looking for dogs, what does that mean? Well, what, you know, in terms of a defensive player, yep. um, you know, we want to we want to find guys that are urgent in their play. Um, so, um, you know, when there is a play that you watch on film that you know that that player can make that play right now, do they trigger? Do they go? Do they wait for anybody else? Okay, so I'm looking for urgency in the way that they play. Um, I want violence. Okay, I want physicality. Okay, so when they arrive at the ball carrier, what does that look like? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, 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 the times, the measurables that, you know, those to me, those are non-negotiables for Penn State. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting the Penn State if you're not running so-and-so. You're not getting the Penn State if that. But I'll give you a great example. Zane Durant. Okay. Zane Durant is, you know, about 6'2 with his equipment and stuff on. Okay. You watch Zane Durant play the game in high school. You, it's like when I watch the film, it's almost like I'm reading a book. Okay. The signature of who you are as a person is going to show up between those lines, I can assure you what type of person you are is going to show up. I can sense it. I can feel it. I can see it. Zane Durant uh, played with physical. He was violent. Like when he, when you almost got the feeling like in practice, they probably tell him to chill out because he's probably going to hurt his teammates. Um, And the other part of a dog is mentality. And that's the thing I wanted to get into because um, when you talk about our 2005 team, it was a mentality. There might have been teams that might have been, you know, might be maybe a little t- more talented in other areas, but it's, it was a mentality yep. that we made up for that lack of. Well, Zane Durant is 6'2", playing inside, which is a different beast. It's not like playing on the edge. It's not like playing corner like me and JK where we're covering all the quick guys. He's in the trenches. And you have, when you're recruiting, you got to, you know, for, uh, you know, without giving away, you know, too much here. I, if there's a guy on our board that we really, really, really like that, we feel like, man, this is a guy that we want to really want to take. Well, you, some, a lot of teams out there will just look at highlight tapes. Well, we're going to take it a, a step further. I'm watching every game. I'm watching to see if he's celebrating with his teammates I'm seeing if even on the, uh, the, you know, the hustle plays I'm and I'm watching body language. Then you get them on the OV and you get around them. 
You also get around his parents. Now, Zane, Zane Durant's family, hardworking, passionate people. They raise Zane the way they raise Zane, uh, where I'm like, I get a good sense of who the parents are. I feel like I'm peering into this young man's, you know, care, you know, you know, character traits just from off the parents. And then you get around them, you get a sense like when the chips are down, I know I can count on this guy. I know it. I know it. And those, you know, without giving too much away, yes, times, all these, you know, measurables, they're going to be non-negotiables coming to a, a place like Penn State. But if there's a lack of, you have to you have to fill that up with an, an elite trait or quality. Well, Zane is elite in everything that's intangible. And that's just not Zane. There's a, I mean, his class, I mean, that's basically down near everybody in that class and in the classes after him, um, because we do a really good job of, of, of diving into that part. So when you talk about dog, yes, athletically, all the things that you see right up on the film, but really we want to dive in what's between the ears, what's in the heart um, that really separates, you know, guys from being just a guy and guys that are being a dog. And then, you know, what do they want in life? Well, you start getting some of those questions answered. Well, he's a Penn Stater. You feel what I'm saying? So there's a lot of layers to it. I, you know, we do a really good job here. Um, I would have to get paid some <laughs> money to to open up even more, but I, you know, I'll give you a couple nuggets. No, that's a really good point because I think you shine shine some light on how intricate and nuanced the recruiting process is, even when you compare it to something like the NFL draft process, right? Because you figure NFL scouts and teams they're only looking at three, 400 prospects a year. And it's just that one year. And that's really what it is. They go back and they're looking after them over like three to six months. I mean, we talk about the whole process, but when you talk about a recruiting class and just going through and filling in the pixels of that paint, that picture of that recruit, you're talking about from ninth grade to seeing film. You're talking about the, the development of the player. You're breaking down the family. It's, it's very reminiscent of like breaking down a stock. Like, okay, this is the product. This is the CEO. This is the CFO. This is the trends that has gone. And you watch it go up or down, up and down. Because by the time you get to, you know, these guys leaving and being deploying and going to the NFL, it's always interesting. I used to talk to a lot of my NFL personnel, friends or scouts and like how much information that they were working on. And I'm like, man, you don't even really know who this guy like is. It's like, you know, they are who they are before they got here. And it's like, you really see that through the recruiting process. And just for the listeners that are tuning in, when someone says like, oh, a coach is a great recruiter. I mean, that's a whole system and a machine to cultivate relationships, identify uh, traits, identify the players and the makeup that the players have that AZ was just explaining through three to four years. Essentially, you're evaluating teenagers tougher than a lot of C-level executives get evaluated before they get their jobs. And that's something that I want people to understand of like how serious this, this mode is from recruits, parents, because with the nuance of the landscape and transfer portal, I mean, there's a lot of confusion out here. So it's very helpful for you to shed some light on that. Alan, as this game gets closer and closer, uh, I was thinking back. So you were mentioning that you can smell mace in the air. Uh, I attended that 05 game. Justin and I have talked about it and I get, snuck into the student section by my brother who was in school at the time and some of his friends and right after tamba turned troy smith on his head they were like you need to get out of here 
and they're like, why? And they're like, you smell that in the air? And you can see all the security guards on the field kind of like getting unhooked and getting ready for what could be. So uh, you kind of had a hunch of what was going on. And then also uh, the very low level of high school football I played in the state of Connecticut. Uh, as you put a candy cane in your face mask, I have a terrible picture of me at about 150 pounds with the same thing at wide receivers. So you certainly uh, were in effect, <laughs> even though I was playing on the other side of the ball. So uh, that's, you know, for me, putting my foot in my mouth earlier, I felt like I owed you that. Uh, <laughs> now that you're at this point in your career, Alan, you know, you're 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 building your 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 resume now all over again, it seems, with Penn State. And when you look at guys like Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy, the ridiculous amount of safeties it seems like there's too many to name uh how much interaction do you have with these guys and do you have to prevent yourself from being too hands-on because that's not necessarily your role right this second or maybe it is and we're just not privy to that yeah um that that's a good question i mean the the, the beauty of being back at my alma mater is they're, they're my brothers so um there's no you know, restriction in terms of I got to hold back from developing relationships with guys that I'm going to forever be connected to, forever be connected to, where they can ask me for anything. It's not a question that I'm going to follow through on that. Um, when I ask them how they're doing, that's I'm, I'm sincerely asking because I'm here for you, my brother. Like it's it's like that. It's that deep. That's how we get down here at Penn State. And so, um, you know, I see those guys all the time. And I, bro, when I got it, when I tell you, bro, like seeing the secondary rise, the way that they have risen since I've been here, JK going as far as like, you know, I remember him talking to me about the lockdown, you, the branding. Um, and he was like, he, it was almost like he knew where it was going. And like, like Penn State's known for like linebackers. They never really was known for corners or secondary play. And I got a lot of pride in that. I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not only here, but I'm working with an OG and former, you know, and former captain Terry Smith, which I got a lot of pride working with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just going to work. It's just like when I put on the pads and I'm playing in Beaver Stadium, you're thinking like, well, I got Letterman watching me. I got to represent what what these colors mean to me. You feel what I'm saying? So when I'm coming to work, that's my mindset. It really ain't work. Like that's what my charge is, is being a Penn Stater. You know what I'm saying? And um, when I, you know, recruit guys or guys that are on the team right now, that's what it's about, man. It's about relationships and memories and anything that I can give to them that I've experienced that can help them. I ain't gatekeeping that. They get all of that because you decided to come here and that's my duty as an old head here at Penn State. You know what I'm saying? Just like it was when I first came into this job, I was recruiting at the division three level at Susquehanna and, you know, we were doing a really good job there, but this is another level. What do you think Terry did when I got here? What do you think, although I'm older than J.K., J.K. knew what I, what that role is? What do you think 
when I was looking at this job, what I did, called on my brothers, my Penn State brothers. You know what I'm saying? So it's a whole nother feeling. I would argue what other institution has Letterman in every single department in their program. And it was like freaking like four or five departments, maybe six departments within the program. It's it's crazy from when me and JK played. So, but we have a Letterman that's not only in those departments, starring in those departments that have relationships with, and, and, and I don't want to say asked because that's it. That's being a Penn Stater. You don't have to ask to do for another. Okay. That's where that's woven into our DNA, but Franklin wants that. He wants that. That's the program that he probably envisioned when he sat back and, and thought about how I want Penn state to look when I get this job. And I mean, he's not only done it, but he's done it at a high level. And it's, it's, it's a, it, like when I look back, it's a masterpiece in how the departments are set up, how the lettermen are placed. I mean, Dion Barnes is going to, when I tell you Dion Barnes he is going to be the best D-line coach in the country. He just all of these is experience coming. Yeah, that's right. Okay. The best defensive line coach in the country. Experience is going to give him that credibility. But he he this is not a job for him. This is the charge. This is what he was called to do, is affect these young guys at our Penn State Nittany Lions that. He, once upon a time he was in their shoes that's an awesome storyline that's an awesome responsibility and again it's it, it, i don't it's not a burden that's what being a penn stater is you feel what i'm saying so um i mean i love the connections i love the relationships i have with the guys on the team but truly i want them to experience as i did and more that's what gets me pumped up to see them get success, have success in Beaver Stadium and away from football after they graduate, bro. I mean, they ain't nothing like that. That's what it's about, man. I didn't think I had any more plays in me, man, but I think I got one. I got one. You got me amped up. I got one play. I got to cover somebody one time, maybe hit somebody in the flat. Just one. I didn't think I had any, but I think I got one out there. Play a little offense again. Get back out of wide receiver there, bud. If I had one play, man, I'd like to tee somebody up in the flat. They don't see me turn in. Let just get that contact one time. AZ, you were talking about uh, you know recruiting dogs and looking for violence. That's kind of the the word, the – the description that I've heard about King Mac since he was recruited. Would you agree with that? Like we haven't gotten to see a ton of him this season. He's still new to the program, but like yeah. how could you describe King Mac? Yeah, he, yeah, he's um, exactly that. I mean, he's a guy that again, um, you know, and when I, when I talk about, you know, playing with physicality or violence, I mean, really that's a non-negotiable, you know, that's a non-negotiable when you're talking about Penn state and um you know, King Mac would it certainly, when I'm talking about like a guy like Zane Durant that, uh, you know, plays bigger than his stature, that's King Mac. You watch the tape. You forget about that. You're like, oh, man, my God, that's a baller right there. 
You know what I'm saying? And King Mac, you know, coming out of high school, um, you know, he's verified in terms of track and field. That's number one. Um, verified, verified fast. Um, and he's put together well. He's long. Um, length is a, another big trait that we look for. Um, but when, but his superpower uh, is, you know, when the ball is in the air, you watch his high school tape, when the ball is in the air, the, the, the ability to not only find that angle, get the point A to point B as fast as possible, and make a play on the ball before the offensive guy at the high point, and then finish a play, finish a play, not just bat it down, finish it, and then his traits come into play once he has the ball in his hands. See his ability to not only flip the field, but he may score. He may score on you. You know what I'm saying? So um, he's a he's a special guy, uh, and, and and like Zane, you know, and they're both from Florida now. Okay, there's something about we've gotten some guys from Florida. You see Cam Miller with with two sacks last week. They got a, a certain disposition about themselves, uh, the way they go about their work, that the energy that they bring to the field and bring to uh, to work every day in practice. Uh, it's something infectious. King Mac's one of those guys. You, you, you people gravitate to King Mac. Question about King Mac. Yeah. How 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 has it been him coming from like a, a powerhouse like St. Thomas yeah. Aquinas, right? How does he stack up when you come in? When you see a freshman coming in from that versus like a normal high school, normal public, public school. normal public high school. Like the yeah. things that naming about him to me just sounds like oh, he's like a professional. He understands the business. He understands how to work. How much of that do you think comes from the high school program that he came from versus mm-hmm. when you see guys ready from Wisconsin or just a yeah. normal? High yeah, and, and and Wisconsin has their powerhouses too. You know right. what I'm saying? Like every state does, but you know to your to your point or to your question is, you know, that's like recruiting one-on-one, you know, what you, in a perfect world, you want them, you want to get players from a place where they understand the culture of winning. They know how to win. Okay. Um, And uh, usually teams that win and have a good culture, they probably got good coaches. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Meaning from when you talk about coach, Good coaches, you're thinking maybe like, man, X's and O's. Man, I'm talking about fundamentals. You know what I'm saying? Like Coach Harriet, shout out Coach Harriet down there at St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, like fundamentals and 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 the way and and then they're playing top tier talent now. They're not going against you know the 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 local county school that they're they're (laughs) rival that they only won four games that season. You know, it's it's high intense competition. It's high-level coaching with high-level schematics, um, with high-level training in the offseason. So when when you get a guy from a, a place like St. Thomas Aquinas, you're you're feeling like not every freshman's ready to play, but you're feeling like this cat might have a chance if he comes in and and he it does what we think he's going to do. I think he's going to have a chance because he's coming from such a high program and high standard. That's a great. That's a great point, man. It's a lot. A question that's brought up a lot, just at the grassroots level, of like, I mean, how much does the high school matter? And it's like, yeah, you can have some freaks that come from nowhere and that can develop, but coming from an organization or an operation where you're ready to make that seamless transition, I mean, it helped me come. In, you see, Coach Smith or my pops when we were in high school, like everything that we were taught was like under 
his tutelage of Joe Paterno. So, the like, thing, the thing that I would say though is it, it's not the end all be all, but it, there's an advantage. There's an advantage. There's just an advantage. To like just the parents that don't know, because I mean, you got you got to think parents now in high school, eighth, ninth grade, they're looking to transfer schools, trying to find the best opportunities and where it is, and understanding the benefits of like, okay, if you go to that school, it's not just you get recruited because you go to that school. No, you get you become a better player and have more value going to that school because of what you're going through. So if you're not going to go there and work, don't go to the school. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like it just gets very nuanced in there. Like yes, the players that come from some of these powerhouse programs like IMG, there, Central Catholic in Pittsburgh, uh, Bishop Gorman in in Vegas, yeah, players might come out ready, but they're also going in there with a different perspective of like I'm approaching this like a, a business and I'm getting ready for a next level. That I mean. Recreational players don't always have that perspective on, so it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, no, nah, man, this is this has been a great time. You got anything else? I I, I do have to ask about kind of the big three at corner. Az Kalen King. We we joke about it on the show, man. Like when you watch a Penn State game on TV, I don't know if I've heard Kalen King's name said outside of the starting lineups, and that's not because he's not doing anything. It's because he's locking people down, and that's what happens with lockdown corners. So uh, we know he's having a great season. Johnny Dixon has also been all over the field. And I've said it for years on this platform, but uh, Daquan Hardy had a – I don't even want to call it a coming out party, Justin, against <laughs> UMass. And, again, you look at the the quality of the competition, and, yeah, two punt returns for touchdowns, it's almost unprecedented. It's a big deal, and it, it gets people's attention. But I, I would argue he's the catalyst of this defense in that as a nickel corner who can do so many damn things – and now we see contributing in the kick return game. Uh, can you just spend a little bit of time on King, Dixon, and Daquan? Because those three are just stellar. And we'll have a, a huge impact on the game this week. So, like, this is yep. like a great point. Yeah. All right. So, um, with, with, with King, um, you know, I remember when I came here in, in 2021, I, you know, I, I believe you, yeah, he was a freshman. So, like, the first, I remember coming into the uh, indoor facility. And all of a sudden a play happened. Boom. It was on the, it was in the low red. He picked the ball off on the one and ran it all the way for a touchdown. Okay. And they were like, Oh my God, that's his second pick of the, of the practice. And then they're getting to the next team period. And he picked another one off. He picked three of them off. I'm like, Holy crap. This guy's going to have more picks than me when he leaves out of here. I'm like, <laughs> As a, and I literally told him that. I'm like, yo, because of the boy, King has the ability to finish plays. He's got true ball skills, true ball skills. But the thing that really, really jumped off the tape for me when I watched, watched him in practice day in and day out, he can tackle, man. Man, can he? Man, he will hit you, man. He can tackle, man. Like, people, when people talk about, you know, tackling, they're like, they think about, man, you got to knock him out. Man, those are going to come. He's a sound rap tackler. Like he's gonna oh. get you down to the ground. He, his aiming points are right where they need to be. Waistlines are right above the knee, and he, and and he, but he's a sound rap tackler. I love you. I mean, I don't know how you can play defense and not be a good tackler if you're trying to be a really really good elite player. Got to be able to tackle if you're gonna play defense. He's got that ball skills, but the, the he's a technician. Now, let me tell you something. That's the, the common denominator in all three of these guys I'm talking about. They're technicians. Their mm. feet are on point. 
very, very rarely you see them where their feet are not where they're supposed to be, depending on the release. And I feel like when you play King, for an example, he's a master of all techniques. When you talk about press, it's just not one, you know, this every time it looks the same. He's a master of all techniques. And we, have, you know, there's a different variety of different techniques you can play at the line. King can do them all, okay, without getting, you know, too in-depth and keeping you guys here for longer than needed, okay? No, Johnny good. Dixon probably is a guy that one could argue might have the best feet on the team, which is crazy for me to think because King is that good. <laughs> impressed man like you tell me that who's better in the country than him it, 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 than Kalen than King but Johnny Dixon I knew Johnny Dixon was going to be Johnny Dixon before the country knew. I mean Johnny used to say Yo, I, I'm waiting for my chance I'm waiting for my chance I'm like trust me <laughs> I see what you do out there in practice he's a relentless competitor relentless you catch a pass on him, it's going to bother him all day until he gets back out there and practice. And the, 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 the trait that I really, really love about this young man, his ability to blitz. Best blitzing corner in the country. I'm biased, but check the film. Check the film, okay? He can blitz, man. And that's good. that is a great trait when you're talking about putting stuff on a resume and you're going to the next level. Uh, that's a great great thing to have on your resume. Um, and then, you know, of course he can, you know, talk about press man and feet. I mean, he's a technician. Now let's get down to day day. This is, this is day day is where it's at because day day plays the, the role, which he's had this role for what, four years, JK. I mean, this is his third full time kind of, I'm talking about nickel. Yeah. Like, I mean, like full time, three three year starter at nickel. Yeah which is anybody that's been a defensive back you expect or a cornerback you're like man i want to get in the slot but <laughs> that's a different world it's just like when you're talking about dn's moving inside you they got the temperament to be a defensive tackle it's a totally different world in there when you're playing corner you're nickel it's a completely different world you feel although there's People to the left, people to the right of you, you feel kind of like alone in that slot. And you're usually covering the most shifty guy they can possibly recruit to put in that position that's supposed to just slide off things, get off a press, what have you. That's your job. That's your, your job description. And then on top of all that, okay, you can be a really good corner and say I got really good feet and say, yeah, I could play in the slot. But you got to be able to process at an elite level because when it comes to let your the knowledge and the capacity to learn, and you have to learn know how to blitz. You got to be a good blitzer. You got to know how to zone drop. You got to know how to play catch man. You got to know how to play press man. You got to – I mean, no run fits. You got to know yeah. run fits. Yeah. Run fits. Run fits. They they are run fits. And then you might, depending if you're playing some type of invert or whatever, or you might be playing deep half. 
that's the reason why coming to Penn State as a cornerback, as a defensive back, it's probably the best thing that you can do because when it comes time for you to go to the league, you're gonna your resume is gonna be filled with things that you're gonna have a background in and experience in. Okay, different than when I was coming out of college. Me too. You know what I'm saying because that was so, our that was our knock, right? Single high, side shuffle. Right. We play well. We lock stuff up, but like the dichotomy that the the, the type of things that they're doing, like. How many blitzes did you go in in four years? Probably no. less than Johnny. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made a couple, weeks. but 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 I made I, it was there was like a couple of tackles, but it was like not more than five times in your whole career. You probably right. seen that through the corners this year alone. Like, yeah, you know we, what we, I mean? yeah. Cam Miller had two sacks. I mean, I mean, Johnny Dixon. How many does he have? Yeah. He got like a couple. He got a couple of sacks too. I, I think that's what I'm, well. I know last year he was like you know in tops corner in the country. And I know they send him, but but. Day Day's got so much. So when you're talking about the length and what she what and what she needs to know, you're talking about one of the brightest defensive minds on the defense. That's Day Day. You know what I'm saying? So that he is truly a um, when you talk about just a a special player and all the things that encompasses. Daquan Hardy, and then he wants to mess around and score two punt returns. So, like, like that's a special player, guys. That's a special player. And he might be a little shorter than what they want the 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 the, the cornerbacks to be or defensive backs to be at 6'1, 6'2, 6'3, like the Joy Porters. That that's all great. But when you got other elite qualities that is woven into your game. You can find yourself here at Penn State, and we will have a role for you, and we will put you in positions to be successful just like Daquan Hardy has done all year, and he's missed two games. All year he's been like that, and since I've been here, that's all I know about Daquan Hardy. That's all I know. He comes to work, he a dog, and, 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 and he doesn't have to talk much. It's about his play that matters, and really action speaks louder than words. Man, one of my favorites is Day Day, so I definitely appreciate. Well, he from, he from, he from, hey, you know what time it is. That was my last recruit, man. Purple dot, bring him in. No, but we put some uh, amazing things on tape. But we talked about a little earlier, just the common fan not understanding the value of having an elite nickel cornerback and like what that what shows up when that person's not there. Like the first couple of games, whether it's leaky runs, whether it's a little bit passes caught, and it's like when he came back. Oh, boom, we got two two shutouts. Old things starting to happen. Interceptions. And, like, just that one glue nucleus. Because I would consider that the prime football position on defense, right? Like, when you talk about being able to see everything, but, like, a playmaker in there. You got to have a, a feel for just the game of football. And and you got I mean, to be extremely savvy to disguise yes. things. You got to know what's like, going that on. That whole disguises <laughs> make sense. It's got to make sense if you're feeling like you're looking like you're going to blitz. It's yeah. got to make sense if you're, you know, apex in one and two or you're on the edge of the boxes. Like, you got to have – you got to understand the game at a different level than if you were just a cornerback. That's what makes him special. Need fans that realize that because, yeah, we got we got, we got some special stuff cooking back there, man. So, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Alan, thank you for educating us. You can get uh, a master's from Lockdown U from these two. Alan, I think we could do this for like two hours, but sincerely, we appreciate the time you've dedicated to this. Uh, and just again, we hit it earlier on in the episode, is that uh, this Saturday, our recap show will be live here on our YouTube channel. It'll be Justin King and Derek Williams for the post-game show, which is going to be awesome. I will be missing it, unfortunately, but you guys will not be missing a thing with D-Wheels and Jay King. So, Alan, thank you so much, uh, and enjoy O-State week. I hope it's a successful trip to Columbus. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.